This is the Realm of Agape Christian Church. Father, we thank you for this privilege to stand before you and to stand before your people. I don't stand alone. I stand with them. And we present praises unto your matchless throne. We thank you for shedding your earthly life so that we'll have a way back. You blaze the trail here, and that same trail can be used to get back to glory with you. You are the way maker. You are the way. You are the truth. You are the life. We stand here now to be engaged yet in another session of our Living Truth series. Thank you for part two that we are in, Lord, the cost of restoration. Show us how to be restored. Be the king that restores. Be the high priest for us that restores. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' matchless name we pray. Amen. How are you faring on this Resurrection Sunday? Amen. We thank God. Let's go to the main verse of Scripture for this week in the book of Psalms. The 103rd Psalm, verses 1 through 5. And in the King James Version, I'll be reading there, there's a blessing that might be hidden in this scripture. Let's call this a Resurrection Sunday devotional message. Don't you want to be more devote to the Lord? Don't you want to prove to the Lord, yes, you really love him? There are some things we got to do. There are some things he's got to do and work in us. Because we were born and shaped in iniquity and in sin did our mothers conceive us. It's not uh, Evangelist Jackson's fault, but in sin did she conceive me. It's a spiritual thing. And Beatrice conceived my mother in sin, my God. My God and my great-grandma did that to Beatrice and so on, all back past Chicken George and them. But there's a Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he's living. No matter what men may say, he lives. Christ Jesus lives today. Let's look at what this psalmist was singing about in Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Andre Crouch wrote a song about this. Amen. And it says, And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Amen. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. He's going through what they are. Who healeth all thy diseases. Sometimes we look at the body only, but we need to look in the mind and our psychology and emotions as well. Amen. That's not all he did. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction because we're all on a collision course when we're born. He changes our direction by transforming us. That's not all. Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. If he's crowning you like that, you got to walk around, ladies, as a princess that helps folks to experience loving kindness and tender mercies. That means you got to forgive folks. You got the love on folk. Amen. You got to get to that part of the prayer that says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And that'll keep you from spreading discord among the brethren. That'll keep you, amen, from being a busybody in other people's matters. Isn't that right? But I don't want to get ahead of myself. But that's not all. It says also, who satisfies thy mouth with what? Good things. One of my pastor friends, his church is all about, there's always something good to talk about. Good news, fellowship. Amen. So who satisfies thy mouth with good things so that thy youth is what? Renewed like the eagles. Remember, eagles shed their wings, and they do that to get some better ones. And during that time, they're resting, they're getting their strength on, they're getting their new anointing on, and then they could fly up, amen, high up on the mountain. They like their nests way up. My God, we want to be like that. We want to have a renewed strength like the eagles, because even youths get weary and fall. But they that trust in the name of the Lord, they're going to what? Renew 
their strength. They're going to mount up with wings as eagles. Walk and not be weary. Run and not faint. Hey, God is able today. I thank you. He's going to help you rise to the occasion. Amen. Well past Resurrection Sunday on into glory. Let's look at the season we are in. We are in the midst of spring, are we not? I know because the pollen is falling on my car. I wiped it off and some more green dust came. Now I got to up the ante. I already got my, my allergy shots. I get two in one arm, one in the other, once a month. My God. And I have eye drops. I got nasal sprays. So I said, uh, I, I see you pollen, but you can't come in. Hallelujah. Anyhow. But yes, there's blossoming all around. There's new plant life, isn't there? Isn't that a sign that, that the spring season is showing us the effects of how true faith in Jesus as Lord brings what? Newness of life. The trees look dead for a few months. Now they're coming back to life. My God. And, I, and I'm getting annoyed with gnats already buzzing in my, my eye. My God. Y'all got a thousand cubic miles to fly in. Why are you choosing my eye? Go somewhere else. My God. Why you end up in my nose? Seriously? In my yogurt? Stop it. But they're here. They say, yep, spring is here. Thank God. Where's my can of off? I got to get ready. Because life has come back. All kinds of life. Pretty life. Flowers and stuff. Stinging life. Mosquitoes and stuff. My God, all kind of life. <laughs> and, and, and in human form, is all kind of life and all kind of strife. Yes, Lord. And uh, as, it, as it gets warm and, you know, men and women both got something more to pray about now. Because folks are dropping it like it's hot. And, and, and they're leaving a trail of clothes somewhere. And people at work forgot parts of their dress and left it home. My God. Hallelujah, anyhow. But we're here to worship on this Resurrection Sunday. Not to resurrect mess, but to resurrect some good things so that we can walk in the blessing of God. We seek to commemorate how Jesus Christ chose to be the sacrificial substitute for the sins of lost man. We're going to look at three main historic biblical testimonies. Is that all right? Three sisters are going to testify for us today. Amen. And they're going to represent both the burden and the blessing of activating true faith by worshiping who? Jesus. But as what? As Lord. Amen. These women can yet encourage us to strive to do great things for Jesus despite all odds against us. So on this special day, we want to focus on this. The blessing of blessing the Lord. Somebody say that. The blessing of blessing the Lord. Amen. That's what we're talking about today. And this is a Resurrection Sunday devotional message. Now, the scripture uh, we read is a reflective thought. King David wrote it when he was a much older man. So he's thinking back, you know, past his uh, midlife transition. They used to call it midlife crisis. Now they calling it midlife transition. We're transitioning. We didn't need color in our hair. Now we got boxes of color all around. You know, it's a different day. My God, uh, my son might have to do that one day. My God, thank God, thank God. My wife wish I had grown some dreadlocks when I had a chance. Now I'm fighting for my life. Amen. Putting hair growth and all kind of greases and things. Say, please don't go. Please don't go. Hallelujah, anyhow. But that's all right. Look at King David. He's older now. He's writing uh, Psalm 103. Looking back on his own experiences, reflecting upon things he could praise God for. I do that a lot. Other scriptures reveal how he was not ashamed to get himself all worked up in God's presence. He didn't mind, as some would say, acting a fool for God. His heartfelt passion is what genuine adoration to God can be all about. We can yet hope and trust in God's power to save us in difficult situations and conditions. Amen. One song in the old days said, don't wait till the battle's over. What? Shout now. Amen. 
Thank God. Why are you shouting? You ain't getting nothing yet. You still in the Lodi bar. Walk you, you shouting in the valley? Yeah, Jesus is in there. Jesus is in the valley. Amen. Jesus is the lily of the valley. I'm shouting with him. Amen. Shout. Amen. Even though it don't look like all circumstances uh, define that you ought to be shouting, but Jesus in the Holy Ghost power in you, the power that works in you, amen, he's going to, amen, work it out. And he's going to help you sometimes shout it out. Amen. Like that old detergent, it says, shout it out. Amen. There are other historic testimonies recorded in the Bible which prove that God wants to be continuously satisfied by our true faithful praises to him. Are you going to have true faithful praises? That's a big phrase. And to him, my God, you know what? He blessed us. He is blessing us. And guess what else? He will what? Keep on blessing us. Amen. And all he wants us to do is guess what? Bless him back. Amen. We shall observe now some heroic examples. And heroic could be male or female. But when you talk specifically about a woman, you could say heroine. She's a heroine. Amen. Thank God. Thank God. So these heroic examples of believers who experienced the blessing in blessing God. May God affect your total being with the knowledge of this message title, the what? The blessing of blessing the Lord. Amen. God created us for the purpose of giving him the what kind of praise? The highest praise. You're going to let a tree lift its branches Better than you lift your arms to the Lord. You're going to let a bird chirp, chirp, chirp and sing better than you sing to the Lord? Mm-mm, no. God created me to give him the what? The highest praise. Amen. Thank God. But you know what? There's a hindering factor. The eternal purpose of blessing God the way we ought to can be hindered by the condition of sin. Unfortunately, there's sin in the world. And of course, we have all of these psychological and emotional blockers, uh, which we push away any guilt and stain off of us. We like to testify one way, but people see the fruit of another thing sometimes in our very life. We may talk a certain way, confess, but our profession now in the life could be something else. We could be hindered by some level of sin which is the spiritual birth defect of all of us. We were created in his image, yes, with a heart that desires to be satisfied, a mind that can think, a will, you know, our uh, ambitions and such, that pursues. And we have emotions that feel, don't we? However, sin causes us to have desires that do not uh, permanently satisfy us. That's why drug dealers can have a good day. They give you a little something, something, but that's all they're going to give you. And then you're going to want more, but, oh, no, you got you to gotta pay now. You want to get high, you got to pay. And you may not have the money, but you're going to do whatever it takes. Steal from this person, that person, steal this and that, and go and get it. Some people go so low, my God, they start stripping and selling themselves to get to that drug. My God. But you know what? These things can permanently harm us and others we are associated with. Sometimes we think we are alone in our little sin, but we're attached to somebody some kind of way. And it's going to affect somebody else in the world. My God, be it close to you or far from you, don't matter. Someone once said there's six degrees of separation from somebody you don't even know. My God, think of a famous movie star, whoever, and you think you're not related to them. There's six people away you know, in association that somehow connects them to you. But, you know, hurts caused by our sin, which compromise the world, can also cause our minds to develop thought processes that defend unstable pursuits. And sometimes our will can be affected with that sin. And we begin to seek false hope and to keep it alive. And oftentimes, it affects our emotions. And you know what? Our emotions can signal the unfulfilled existence 
of that faulty hope, despite all of our attempts to try to keep it inconspicuous. You know, we try to walk around incognito, but your stuff is showing, baby. Your slip is showing, my God. Hallelujah, anyhow. But the remedy for the sickness of hurt, violated souls, is an effective relationship with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The living Savior and the high priest of all lost and hurt souls. You know the scripture, for God what so loved the world that he did what? No, he was stingy. He didn't want to give up his son for y'all sinful folk. What the Bible say he actually gave? He must have had a thousand sons, so it didn't matter. But what did the scripture say? His only what? Begotten son. He only wanted to save a few folk, handful probably, right? No, what did the scripture say? That whoever does what? Believeth. You see that believeth? You got to keep on keeping on. As grandma said and grandma Nars, keep the what? Prayer wheel turning. Don't let it get a flat tire. You had to take my bike out of the garage because it got warm. Now I want to ride my bike. I took it to the place and got air. Used to be free air. They said, put your credit card in. I said, what? What happened? Lord, jeez, I thought I was a member. My God. They said, no, we need your $2. I said, okay, I'll see what time it is. Wow. And I didn't even need that much air. The thing was still blowing. I stood there in case somebody tried to steal the rest. I said, no, I paid this $2. But that's all right. I left it on because I didn't want to stand around there. I went home and got on my bike and rode almost five miles. Amen. And couldn't hardly walk up the steps when I got home. I said, oh, Lord. <laughs> My mama saw me coming in. She said, oh, you all right? I said, yeah, I was riding my bike. Oh, my God. My God, I'm going to get back in it. My God. But this is what happens. You know what? God loves us so much. I thank God for John 3.16 because he loved little old me. Born and shaped in iniquity, he said, whoever believeth in him, you got to keep on believing because believing is hoping, is trusting, is leaning on, depending on, it's all that. All of that. You got to keep on doing it. Because if you don't, something going to die and, and, and you're going to lose out. You're going to go the wrong way. You're going to stop the journey haphazardly and not make it all the way in. There's a way of doing that. We don't have to keep believing. We could say, nah, God. Because God is not a, a, a one who's trying to create robots. He wants you to want him. Do you want him? He gives the Holy Ghost freely, but do you want him? Believeth, you got to keep on doing it. Whosoever what? Believeth in him shall not what? Perish, shall not die, but have what kind of life? Everlasting. It's like that ever-ready battery. Keeps on going. Just keeps on going. That bunny just keep on. Maybe that's the Easter bunny. I don't know. But God came to earth in the form of a man, did he not? To do what? Goof around, hang out with prostitutes. Amen. Clean his teeth at the table. We had a good meal, didn't we? Burp, burping and stuff, drinking beer and stuff, hanging out with the sinners. That's what Jesus did. He hung out with the sinners. That's what everybody's saying. But what did he do? He came to goof around. He came to do what? Redeem lost man back to himself by doing what? Suffering and dying for us. To do what? Defeat Satan. He had to go up under Satan to, to beat him. Because Satan is a, is a deceiver. He'll take what's good that God made and mess it all up so we're all confused. You know, uh, sensuality feels good, but you could do it in the wrong way. I'm not, I'm not talking about being a guru of some sex book either. I'm talking about, amen, you're, you're not doing it as God planned for it to happen. That's what I'm talking about. And the devil could deceive us. And so many of us are victims of being violated. My God, at a young age, weren't ready. My God. The man said on the movie on Malcolm X, they were practicing to kill Malcolm, and so they had set it up. He said, the man said, get your hands out of my pocket. And then he was running through the, through the, through the, um, the place they were uh, meeting. But that wasn't even a real one. Get your hand out of my pocket. I feel like the devil's doing it. He got his hand all in our pocket, all in our drawers and other places too. He's a deceiver of men. He's a, de he's a violator uh, uh, of men. He don't fight fair. He'll rape you in the crib. He don't care. There's reports about that. 
My God, the devil don't care. He gets you as early as possible to deceive you, to mess you up. He said, I'm going to put my stamp of disapproval on you, and now you're going to make more disciplets. Yes, you are, disciples. More shall follow me to the dark kingdom. That's what he wants. See, God is sowing good. The devil is counter-sowing his badness. And he fights evil and unfair. God is going by the rules, but not the devil. My God, the devil's the hijacker of our God-given holy destiny. But Jesus rose again from the dead in eternal triumph against those dark forces, amen, thus paving a way back for us to God. We got to take the path. And if we use the Lord's gift of saving faith, because there's different faiths, there's a saving faith that will help us, enable us to pursue his way over our own way. If we do that, we can obtain righteousness as he empowers us to become victorious over the penalty of sin, over the power of sin, and one day over the presence of sin. He's going to take us out of here. When I married Lisa, I was the groom. But one day when Jesus come, I'm going to be the bride, the bride of Christ, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. This ain't no funny bone thing in case you're thinking it's that. Hallelujah anyhow. Hallelujah. God made me over. Transform me. Hallelujah. I'm perfumed like heaven. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Hallelujah. He made me over. He can make you over too. He makes you over to get ready for the journey back. You can't come any kind of way. When you come into this thing, he's going to clothe you over again. But you can't, amen, deny the power thereof, ever learning and never coming intimately into the power of it, amen, letting the power do what the power came to do. Let God do what he came to do. Look at all he has done and, and will do to bless us all through Scripture. But this is a devotional message. I'm not going to go down all the inexhaustive ways because some of y'all want to get home. Some of y'all made pig, all kind of stuff. Some of y'all jive turkeys, made some turkey. Whatever you made, whatever you, I ain't mad at you. But let's think about the Lord right now. Hallelujah. After we gain an understanding of how precious our souls are to him, allowing his wisdom and power to save us on all levels of our being, because we are, you know, marvelously made by God. We got levels in us. And we, got, we learn how to have faces when we are, you know, becoming of age. As little kids, we just blab out anything. Little kids come up to me, you know, what's that? You sweating under your arm? They're not supposed to talk about that. Gosh. Yeah, you made me sweat. I'm working hard in this classroom for you. You, this sweat belongs to you. And one time, Andre, he ain't no precious little boy. He told a little, the lady in the marketplace, he said, uh, you got a yellow tooth in there, you know, something like that. He ain't, it's a little innocent little kid. They don't know, they don't know you're not, so, not supposed to say that, you know. As adults, we learn how to have faces. We get a, a, the older we are, the, the more we have our closet full of all the faces. Amen? Multifaceted faces. Hallelujah, anyhow. But God knows we have levels of being. We forget about all of that. I'm saved, sanctified, right way I stand. Yeah, but honey, you got issues, girl. You got issues, dude. Amen. You know, we, we can begin to, to, to completely express passionate gratitude to him once we realize what he has to do in us. And when we allow him to do it, oh, what joy, unspeakable, full of glory will we have. How I got over, my soul looks back, and I am sure that I know that I know how I got over. It hadn't been, if it hadn't been for the Lord on my side, where would I be? Hallelujah, anyhow. All levels he wants to bless us. Then we're going to be able to praise him correctly. So in essence, as God has revealed to me, we will be blessing the Lord in a complete way when we allow him to come in and do everything that he needs to do. Amen. So blessing the Lord apparently is a holy response in us that God activates 
when we allow him to save us from various powers of sin. People say, I had a Holy Ghost, but have you let the Holy Ghost have you? Amen. The Holy Ghost needs to have you. He needs to take you as underdog into that place and help you to get right and come out strong on the other side. Hallelujah. Anyhow, thank God. Thank God. Take off them sinful things and come out strong in the name of the Lord. See, it is part of the relational process of trusting and obeying God. In other words, faith. You heard what faith is? A relational process of what? Trusting and obeying God. I will trust in the what? Name of the Lord. The name of the Lord is all the things that he can do and should be doing in you. Amen. Hallelujah. So faith starts after we humbly receive his gracious love towards us. God freely gave his son for our salvation. His son freely gave his life in obedience of the heavenly father. And all those who freely believe and receive this blessing of mercy and grace will become recipients of everlasting life. Now let's take a look at some examples in the Gospels of everyday people who chose to bless the Lord. Right quick. They are found in Luke 7.36. That's the first witness that will come and approach the stand. Then we will have a second witness in the Gospel according to John, chapter 12, verse 3. And the final witness in Matthew 26 and verse 7. My God. These are recordings of three different anointings of Jesus by three different women. Even though some scholars believe that two of the anointings are by the same woman, there is no scriptural backing to their educated guesses. It makes sense to look at it the way I'm about to tell you, my God, because there's living truth to back it up. And this is the what? Living truth series. Amen. The women are disclosed as, according to Luke 7:36, a woman known as a sinner, quote unquote, of a town called Nain. This town is, uh, it was 21 miles away from Christ's headquarters over in Capernaum. And we also look at John 12, 3, uh, Mary of Bethany, you remember her? The sister of Martha and Lazarus, who was raised from the dead by Jesus. And number three, Matthew 26 and 7, an unknown woman of Bethany. When your name dropped, you wouldn't drop her name. Nobody knew her. But everybody going to get to know her because of the testimony. Amen. Because Jesus made a way for her to be known. Now, the first witness, the sinner woman, blessed the Lord in front of many people at a dinner in the house of a man named Simon of Nain. He was a Pharisee, y'all. It's hard to become a Pharisee. They scrutinize you. They, they, they take blood and urine and everything and make sure you are straight up. They take your fingerprint, take it to the precinct, make sure you are right. Amen. But Simon, you know, he had some well-to-do-ness about him. You know, he had his credit cards and all this stuff. He had it going on. Yes, he did. So Simon had invited Jesus to his house with many other important people because he was entertaining that day. And this happened about two years before the Passion Week of Christ. Check that out. See the difference? This was uh, most likely done since he probably felt Jesus had some kind of celebrity status, if you will. He most likely heard about how Jesus had raised this widow woman's son from the dead during the boy's funeral procession down, out through the town of Nain. Jesus stopped them and, you know, he knew that that woman's economy would be shot. Amen. He raised the boy from the dead. Amen. Not just raising her family member and her loved one, but also blessing their economy because the economy could come through her son. Amen. God knows what he's doing. So this man did not have really true faith in Jesus' office as prophet or Messiah since there's evidence that he criticized Jesus for not apparently being aware of the woman's sinful reputation in that town. Yeah, he's such a prophet. How come he don't know that's a hoe? You know, you're letting a hoe rub on you. You know, what's up with that? 
you know. But Jesus allowed the woman to worship him with her love and thanksgiving offering. It was like a love offering from back in the day in the Old Testament and like a thanksgiving offering back in the day. Amen. Except he's not that kind of lamb. He's the lamb without spot or blemish, but he's Jesus. Hallelujah. Anyhow. So she cried because she was so thankful for, for what he brought her through. My God, what he saved and delivered her from. My God. And she cried at his feet. Bending down, crying at his feet. Notice everything about her now. It's going to be different from the other two. She washed his feet with her tears, wiped them with her hair. And that's not all. I could hear the preacher tuning up in the New Testament. I said she kissed them. Not only did she wipe them, she kissed them. Somebody say kissed them. Yes, she kissed them and anointed them. My God. Not with a cheap ointment, ha. not with them wannabe fragrances, hallelujah, but the expensive ointment. Oh, she went down to Macy's and said, I need the highest one. Hey, my God, not them ones that have a weird name. They trying to sound like the real one. My God, them the kinds I used to buy when I had a little, little job. Wanted to smell like half like something. My God, my God, I want Lisa to just smell it some kind of how did you feel when you come out the wilderness. I want her to smell something good. And that was the best I could do. I wish I hadn't met this woman. She would have splashed some of the expensive ointment up on me. Hallelujah. But this Simon, the lady doing all that worshiping, y'all, right in front of everybody. You know what guts it took to do that? You a woman. You are lowly. You are nothing. You're just a sex object. It's a toy to society. You're under. You're downcast, outcast. You're every other cast but upcast. But she went all up there, bending down. The Pharisee should have made uh, 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 some kind of bouncer to stand there and make sure, you know, no riffraff could get in there. Obviously, he didn't take care of his business, and he didn't wash the people's feet like he was supposed to. Oh, you too big and bad to wash people's feet. At least have a person that's going to do it, but you want to have all these potentates up in there. You want to show off, but you didn't wash the folk's feet. They were supposed to do that. This woman did it. My God, she went over there and did it. My God. And guess what? Simon started rebuking her, started insulting her, criticizing her. My God, Jesus turned and rebuked him. How dare you? My God. And he defended and honored the woman. I said the woman. He honored a woman, y'all. Let the woman come in and do that. My God. Hey, he's the Lord of all creation. He let the woman come. He could have struck her down out there in the street. She about to come in here and try to rub on my feet. No, she didn't. And just lock her and let her die out in the street. He let her come on up on him. That's saying a lot. That's only the first witness, y'all. That's like a home run already. But let's go on and hit some more home runs. The second witness, Mary. Y'all know her, not Mary, Mary. Nah, we're going back 2,000 years. Mary also blessed Jesus at a large but solemn dinner in her house. Was that other woman in her house? This was two years before the Passion Week. Now, we up in the Passion Week now with Mary, right? In her house, not in Nain, in Bethany. It's a different place, a different person. With her family, Martha and Lazarus and Pookie and the rest of them, right? All her family up in there. And many of Jesus' followers, and guess what the time was? Six days away from the Last Supper. Was it the Last Supper yet? No, it was six days away, you know, from the Last Supper. But it was after the triumphal entry. So the triumphal entry to enter Jerusalem had already happened, but it was still six days away. So at the beginning of the Passion Week, sort of, right? So despite some scornful, criticizing onlookers, guess what she did? She knelt at Jesus' feet to anoint them with, guess what, expensive ointment again wiping them with her hair. It's not recorded that she cried. There was no crying this time like the first woman. She had like this cut buddy relationship sort of with Jesus. He loved him. He ate over there a lot. You know, he made himself at home there. And then 
She was crying when Jesus seemingly showed up late to raise Lazarus from the dead, you know. And when Jesus got there, he wept too. He had a, a good friendship with this family. My God. But at this occasion, she was just honoring him in front of everybody. It wasn't a crying time this time. But look who complained. One of the disciples, Judas. Was he in charge of the money? Yes. He complained about it. You know, all this expensive stuff. We could have fed the poor. We could have fed the poor. Not that he wanted to do that. You know how people are. They want to make a mockery of folk, you know. And, and, and look at Jesus, though. He rebuked Judas, but turned and defended and honored Mary, making her like a prophetic minister of his Passion Week. She came, and, amen, to anoint me for what I got to do. Isn't that something? He said, all the world going to know she got, she helped to get me ready for what I got to do. She anointed my feet, my God. Look at God. He let a woman be a prophetic minister. Awesome. Now, let's go to the third and last witness. It's an unnamed woman this time at a dinner in Simon the leper's house. Y'all might say, oh, it's Simon again. But they would never let a leper become a Pharisee. No, never. Even if it was a cleansed leper, they would look back. Let me give me your blood. Oh, you was a leper? I see a leper in the microscope. No, you can't be a Pharisee, doc. No, no. They would not let him do it. Mm -mm. The, the high priest would have known. They have records of that. No, he used to be a, a, a leper. No, you can't be a Pharisee. You got to be without ever having spot or wrinkle, sort of. You get it? My God. So like the other residential occasion in Bethany, this was also a large but, but, but solemn feast. Seemed like they were having a little bit of fun on the other one. But this was a more solemn feast. Just like the other two witnesses, though, who blessed the Lord, she was uh, uh, not ashamed to face the vengeful scorn of certain disciples. You know that uh, when people uh, sow seeds of discord, sometimes it takes a little momentum and time for it to brew up some. And then they have a big concoction of all kind of disarray in society and in your inner circles. This happened when Judas was talking junk, talking smack about how wasteful Jesus seemed to be. Wait, letting the woman waste the expensive ointment. How dare he? So the disciples seemingly caught hold of some of that scornful spirit. And they looked with disdain and distrust. They started second-guessing the Lord, looking at him cross-eyed and stuff like that. My God, that's what happened. Yeah, because Judas probably uh, convinced the other disciples because he kept brooding about it, you know. And, but, but Jesus rebuked him and whoever else was talking junk like him. Amen. He rebuked them because they sounded just like Judas. He rebuked the disciples because they were sounding exactly like Judas had sounded before, right? Six days ago or, or like four days ago because this was like two days before the actual event. So Jesus turned and rebuked them, but guess what? Turned again and honored and defended this woman, making her like a prophetic minister of his Passion Week. What she did is going to be known, he said. My God. He allowed her. My God. You hardly allow a man, the high priest, to even pour oil. My God. He let a woman do it. What is that saying? My God. Look at Jesus. Make it away. Upon all flesh shall my spirit fall. Men and women, young and old, my God, shall work in the Holy Ghost. Thank God. And Jesus is showing forth what that is about. And not to have a hierarchy based on gender. My God, my God. You see, these ancient covenant disciples show potential modern covenant disciples how godly attentiveness in our everyday life is a blessing because God will reveal more of his attributes intimately to those who are diligent in living a life of devotion. In other words, worship exclusively for the Lord. And here are nine attributes right quick. You ever heard of Jehovah Shammah? It only appeared once in the Word. 
in Ezekiel 48, the Lord is there. That's what it means. The Lord will be there for you. And a lot of folks don't know that because they're not intimate with the Lord. A second tier, uh, Yehovah Yireh, I'll say it like the Hebrews. My God, I heard a song on the way here, and uh, they were singing, Jehovah Jireh, and they went up the key about 12 times, Lord, singing the same, Jehovah Jireh, one of them 24-7 songs. Seven words, you go up 24 times. My God, but I say, yeah, that's the Western way. It's some Hebrew somewhere saying, who are they talking about? Oh, oh, y'all mean Yehovah Yireh? Oh, yes. Oh, I know about him. I know about him. That means the Lord will see to it. Yeah, that's in Genesis 22. <laughs> yes, sir. And it only appears once. You hear about Jehovah Jireh every, on every station, but it only appeared what? Once. But folks are wearing it out because they're trying to say, I'm going to get whatever the Lord got for me, even though you don't know the Lord. And look at tier three, Yehovah Rofi, or sometimes called Yehovah Rapha. That appears 70 times, y'all. And it means the Lord who heals. He heals physically. He heals morally. He heals spiritually. Amen? Mentally, all the ways that we are made. And that's in Exodus 15, 26. My God. Thank God. The fourth tier. Yehovah Nisi. You heard of that? The Lord, our banner. That only appears once, but we kind of wear that out. Exodus 17, 15. The fifth tier, Yehovah Mekadesh. You may have heard of that. Or Yehovah Mekadeshkem in the Hebrew. Uh, appears twice, but we hear that kind of a lot. It means the Lord who sanctifies. Not a lot of people want to be sanctified. They don't sing about that. Yehovah Mekadesh. They don't want to sing that. Uh, that, ain't, that don't sound right. Yehovah Jireh. They like that one. My provider. They like that. Oh, he's going to give me a cattle on a thousand hills. Yes, he is. That is not what that scripture is saying. You don't even know how to handle cattle. Stop. Can't barely take care of a dog or a cat. What you going to do with cattle? Amen. Sixth tier, Yehovah Shalom. It only appears once. You probably know what that means. The Lord, our peace in Judges 6, 24. Here's one you may have heard of, Yehovah Sikhanu. It appears twice, y'all. It means the Lord, our righteousness over in Jeremiah 23, 6. Amen. And also Jeremiah 33, 16. Uh, the eighth tier, Yehovah Rohi, sometimes called Raha or Rohe. That appears 140 times. It's the Lord, my what? Shepherd. Amen. And this role of God includes him being our feeder and our keeper. Amen. We, we know about the keeper maybe sometimes, or maybe we know about the feeder more than the keeper sometimes. But he will be a fence of protection all around us. He's that kind of shepherd. Amen. And not only will he have us in there safe, but he will feed us. Amen. Thank God. And you could see that, of course, in Psalm 23.1. And there are other places. The ninth tier. Yehovah Sabaoth, my God, Andre, you like that one? The Lord of hosts, Yehovah Sabaoth. He's the Lord of what hosts? The heavenly armies and of all of creation. Thank God. In Psalm 46, 7, you'll see that. And guess what? It's mostly used in Jeremiah and the book of Isaiah in the Old Testament. It totals over 285 times. Why is the Lord showing Jehovah Sabaoth so much? Because he likes kicking the devils behind. Amen. Hallelujah. He likes destroying yokes of bondage. Hallelujah. Thank God. He likes taking back what the devil stole. Hallelujah. He likes putting the devil on shutdown. Hallelujah. He likes shutting the devil's mouth. Hallelujah. David wrote, amen, how he was so mad one time that he said he wanted to slap the teeth out of his enemy's mouth. I believe God does that to the demon. Slap the teeth out of the demon's mouth. Get off of my beloved one. Get off of my anointed one. Get off of my daughter. Get off of my son. In the name of Jesus. 285 times he came and slapped the devil down. Hallelujah. Anyhow, I love you, Jehovah Sabaoth. Go before me. Hallelujah. Have my back, Lord, and have all everywhere else. Thank God. Now, these three women, amen. Let's look at them right quick. 
about done. We're about done. Thank God. The three women we examined, they were socially and spiritually vulnerable, were they not? But each of them did not stop seeking after the Lord. You got to stay focused. You got to keep seeking after the Lord. Why? Because you trust in the name of the Lord. You don't have to be a woman like these examples in this message. But it is essential that you tap into the mystery of being defended by Christ as well as honored and blessed by him as one of them were uh, through the following means. Three things. We cannot allow erroneous opinions to discourage us. Two, we cannot allow pride to develop. Three, we cannot fear we must trust in Christ. Hallelujah. Thank God these women had to be strong in their affection for righteousness and to pursue the fellowship with God that they were called to have. Thus, they activated their faith. We could do the same thing. Their momentum to make that happen caused them to be socially courageous. In other words, they did not seem to care about the erroneous opinions of others, only in the truthful and loving opinion of Christ. They were humble before Christ, amen, and they were openly vulnerable to be defended, honored, and blessed by Jesus Christ, the King of kings. Is he your King of kings? Is he your Lord, high priest, Lord, and Savior? Savior means he's your high priest, he's going to heal you. Amen. And, 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 and Lord means he's your king. He's got to reestablish you. He's got to rework some things. He's got to reconstruct. He's got to go in that heart. Amen. Because born and shaped in iniquity, it's kind of decrepit. And he's not going to let his throne look like that. No, he's the God of all. Amen. He's going to come in and, and, and do some things. He's going to, amen, change the decorum. Amen. He's going to change the decorum in your heart. Hallelujah. He's going to fix the amenities so that they are heavenly amenities, not hell-bound gate of hell amenities, but Jesus. Christ at the right hand of the throne of God amenities. He's going to do it. He's going to come in and change some things. You got to let him do it. Is he going to be your king to reconstruct you like that? Is he going to be your savior so he can come in and heal your wounds? You are a victim, remember, of, of, of sin. My God, you got to come in like that. But God said you don't have to stay a victim. You could be a victor. Amen. You could be a winner. Jesus said, I'm on the winning. I'm the winning side. Come on my side. Why are you on the loser's side? Remember, I slapped his teeth out of his mouth. Why you want to go with him? What do you got that I don't got? My God, I got eternity. I got joy unspeakable, full of glory all up in heaven. What you going to go down to a lake that burneth with fire and brimstone and burn forever and eternal regret, weeping and gnashing of teeth? My God, why don't you come where there's life, liberty, and joy unspeakable? Come where there's a tree of life. Hallelujah. Come where there's no more crying. Why don't you come? There's no more weeping. I don't got to worry about bills and ills and chills. Hallelujah. All I got to do is trust in the name of the Lord, sing unto the Lord a new song, and let the anointing of God resonate throughout all eternity. I'm going to let the Lord defend me. I'm going to let the Lord honor me. I'm going to let the Lord bless me. But guess what? I got to defend my faith. I got to honor the Lord with my life. I got to bless the Lord. I mean, serve the Lord with my life. Are you going to let God do that for you? Are you going to allow God to give you a new birth? Some say, I'm already saved. But there are new births in being saved. You got to be, amen, uh, uh, delivered from certain powers of sin. When the Holy Ghost reveals them to you, don't say, no, that's not me. No, you got to humble yourself. You got to be ready to let go. Because the more you get into that holy of holies, there's stuff you got to let go. 
go. You got to be like Paul saying, I run a race with patience set before me. I'm going to lay aside every weight and sin that's easily beset me so I can run the race with patience set before me. Ever looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith, who for the joy of the Lord, amen, despised the shame and set himself lower than the angels to come down in the legalities of the earth to pull me up, turn me around, transform me, make me ready to go back with him. Are you ready? I want to be ready. I got to be ready. I want to be ready. You got to be ready. He's going to crack the sky. He's coming back. Are you going to be ready? And people saying, yes, crack the sky. Yes, that's good talk. That's good revelation. My God, apocalyptic talk. But you know what? You need the soteriology doctrine and how Jesus is saving right now. And what he does, he visits before the main visits. He does little sight checks. He has audits. Yes, he comes and he checks things out, checks the books. Don't try to cook the books. Let me see them as they are. He comes and makes surprise visits. Yes, he does. Uh, when you don't expect him. He comes when you least expect. He's doing practice. He's coming when you least expect. You know, he's coming back in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. Hey, you're not going to know when. You don't know the, the moment. You don't know the day. You don't know the hour. He's coming. Like a thief in the night, he's coming. Hallelujah. How many times has he, has he made a visit to you and you and it was unawares in the Holy Ghost? He made a visit to you and we had a stiff neck. We were all up in our stuff. We were all entangled with the yoke of bondage of the innate sinfulness that we were born with. And we think that's a good excuse. But God said, I made a way out of that. There's nothing laid on you that you can't be delivered from. I can deliver you. Why don't you humble yourself before me and let me destroy that yoke of bondage. Let me have it. We think Jesus is going to be squeamish when we talk about sex to him. Talk about it. He created it. Hallelujah. How you think you got what you got? Everything that was made was made through Christ Jesus. He made it. But the devil showed us how to toy with it. But he made it. It's time out that we stop defiling what he made. And start letting it be the holy thing for the purpose of heaven. We got to let the Lord have his way in our life. Our whole life. Our mental life. Our sexy life. Hallelujah. Financial life. Our domestic life how we treat other folk, how we think other folks should think and treat us, what we think folks should be saying about us. We got to let Christ come in and how he's saying stuff about other folk is what you're saying, able to be stated as a testimony in front of the church. Hallelujah. Can you go from your private meeting with the flesh and come in the middle of the sanctuary and let all the saints know what you did when you thought nobody was looking? When you said the lights are off, I could do whatever stuff that's kind of funny up in the darkness. But darkness doesn't exist with God. The dark is dark. It's like the lightest light. And you can't hide from God. He's a God that never slumbers. He's a God that never sleeps. I'm going to go to him. I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to make it right. Make it right, Lord. I humbly submit to you. Help me to get to the Holy of Holies. God said to be inducted into the Holy of Holies. You can't come in here with all that sin. You got to lay your sin at the door. Hallelujah. The bouncer called the Holy Ghost. Not going to let you into the club. You got to lay down your weight. You got to lay down your sin and let Jesus come on in. Hallelujah. Won't you let him in? I dare you to rest on your feet and let him in. Call on Jesus. Let him in. You rose from the dead to give me a new life. You rose from the dead. And I don't have to go out like that. Born on death row. 
but give me a distaste for death row. Help me to run from death row. Help me to go into the line of life and health, eternal life with Jesus. Hallelujah. Help me to find the way, the narrow way. Light up my feet, Lord, with the revelation of your word. Be a lamp unto my feet. Light up my path, Lord, so I can see ahead where to go, where the turns are, where the dips are, where the detour sign is. God said, don't go there. Don't taste that. Don't touch that. Don't look at that. God's going to lead us to the brighter shores, to the holy hill of the Lord. Somebody bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Somebody bless the Lord. Somebody say, I got to make it. 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 You got to make amends. Make amends. Make amends. We got to stop blaming everybody else for the stuff that we are in, for what we are experiencing. Stop blaming the whole world and stop saying, oh, this person owed me, that person owed me. That person should be doing this and that towards me. It's my kingdom. No, you don't have anything. That's God's life. What are you doing with God's life? Are you making a mockery of it? Are you bringing a disdain upon his name? My God. Let us do better with the life God has breathed into us. He breathed life into us. And your birth certificate was written. He breathed life into you. And you are here for a heavenly reason, not a hellish reason. Don't let the devil rob you. Come on in to a higher place of praise. Oh, I dare you to come on in. Come on in. Lay it aside. Lay that thing aside. You don't have to come all the way up here, but you could just walk right in the aisle right where your seat is. That's a sign that I'm, I'm laying it. I'm laying something aside. I'm laying something aside. I'm laying something. To, this week, I laid stuff aside in this consecration that we went through. I'm in the middle of the aisle where I stand. Hallelujah. You don't got to come all the way up here, but just right in the middle of the aisle to say, yes, I'm laying something aside. I want a deeper depth in the Lord. I want a higher height in the Lord. I got to make it. Hallelujah. Come on in. The water's fine. Come on, step across the Kidron and let God show you your ways. And I'm going to let him destroy the yokes. I'm going to let him destroy every idol out of my life. There might be social idols that your tongue is not being used right. Sometimes we think the wrong thoughts about folks and situations instead of praying, Lord. We got to get right. God wants to bring a sweet spirit in that bitterness, sweet spirit, where you have a defense mechanism up that you block, amen, and almost become paranoid against everybody. But God said, no, you don't got to live in fear because where there's fear, there's torment. There's a spirit of torment, and God wants to deliver you. You just let him into the lobby of your mind and watch God do a deliverance work. In the name, I dare you to get in the aisle with me. Oh, the water's fine in the Kidron. Oh, it's springtime. It's a little warm. Hallelujah, God. It's not even that deep. Thank God in the winter it's over flooding, but it's, it's knee deep now. Y'all, come on in. Come on in. I dare you to come on in the kid drawing in the middle aisle. Come on. There's a new anointing in the middle aisle. Come on in the middle aisle. We're in the kid drawing. We're laying down our idols, Lord. We're letting God crush their idols, Lord. We're letting them disperse the dust. Hallelujah, because we don't want them anymore. We want to be better than when we came in. In the name of Jesus. Well, I dare you to stretch your arms toward heaven and say, Lord, have them. Every last one of my impediments, every last one of my character flaws in the holy, mighty name of Jesus. And that's how he's going to bless you when he gets all of the little cruddy mess. You didn't want it there. You didn't, weren't born as a little kid and say, I want sinfulness all up in me. I want to be bound with every power of sin. That's not what you said, but you were born in it. But God said, look, I'm knocking on the door of your heart. I'm showing you there's a better way. Don't go out like that. Let me come in. Let me change. Let me refurnish. Let me reanoint. Let me transform. Let me deliver you. Stop clutching onto that thing. It's a burden. You don't have to be like that. You don't got to know everything. You don't amen. You don't have to try to figure everybody out. God said, just let it be. Let me be who I am. Sometimes we try to play God more than we might know. 
Let God be God. And we just be one of his praiseworthy agents that's spreading joy throughout the land, that's being a prayer warrior all up through the land. Hallelujah, God. That's helping build each other up in the most holy faith. And amen. And, and praying folks through to get saved. That's who God needs in the land. Lights of heaven. Make me a light of heaven. I need your love in the name of Jesus. We of the realm of Agape Christian Church pray that the Holy Word of God has richly blessed your soul. To send prayer requests, use the contacts page of our website, www.roagape.org. We need your continued prayers and financial support to maintain this ministry. You can also find a secure means of donating on our website. God bless you. Thank you.